I am Gautam and welcome to my show hashtag Gautam Shil Talks. Uh, it's my season two officially and my third episode and unofficially my second episode where we are going to bring in some guests and really fun, you know, chit chat and just get to know a little bit about the guests and we are going to have fun. Uh, I can promise on that. So I. Th- further delay i am so excited to introduce to you guys uh, our guest today who is a underrated but a very talented local brown poet so uh, let me welcome is aka uh, mainstream energy you guys can follow her that on her ig account so first of all uh, hi pavitra are you there hi <laughs> how how are you Yeah, weekend. Um, I'm doing good, doing good. A bit of a hectic weekend, but doing all right. How okay, are you? Okay, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm really good. I, I can see that you're nervous. It's fine. Uh, I can understand. It's time for you to do this, but, but it's fine. Uh, I'll just, uh, if you're okay, I'll just give a bit of introduction about yourself before we dive into the conversation. Is that cool? Oh yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Okay. Uh so guys, uh, uh Pavitra is a poet/artist/performer and her primary discipline is performing poetry and performing poetry in Malaysia for about 6 years now. Uh she's a post law student and an interesting fact about her is she have recently started a artist collective space which is called as Code Brown Collective. Um, you guys, please go and follow her IG account. This uh, space, which is a meet slash Discord space, is mainly created for our local. This, especially uh, for I think uh, our uh, artists who are you know like they can be a poet, a writer, you know any sort of uh, art form related brown artists are welcome, and we will you know. as we are in a virtual world right now because of the pandemic we uh, we can you know pretty much really take advantages of such platforms and spaces and really have a fun time you know just you know just so at the same time you know get an informative experience from uh, for example like now i and pavitra we are actually in two different parts which is space we are to do It's actually a uh, poet who is based on KL, and I am in Ipo. So yes, we are making this happen. And again, thanks Pavitra for joining in. <laughs> so um, another interesting fact about her is she also has she also had her own podcast channel, which is as Kausakit Manu. It is not active as much of it. It's actually very cool and very dope. Talked about a lot of interesting things. I would really recommend you guys to go and check it out. Uh, it's a, it's an, it's available, right, Pavitra? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. But you know, like <laughs> I haven't been as active anymore, so you know, we'll see. Yes, maybe yes, yes. if I decide, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe I'm bored and I need another hobby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can come along. Maybe I, we can do. It. collaboration in your podcast we never know <laughs> oh yeah yeah that would be so cool <laughs> so yeah that's about it and uh getting into uh the main thing i just you know a little bit about her achievement and in the 
appeal. Uh, she's a winner of poetry dance and competition in 2015. Uh, took part in the Team Malaysia and won CEX Slam poetry competition in 2017. And recently, she a champion of the first Map Fest KL Slam 2019. And yeah, these are just the basic achievements about her. But there's so much in line that we have. We can talk and you know get to know more about Pavitra. And before uh, you know, like diving in, I just want to say she has also you know uh, created um, a, a a special poem, which is a code switching thing. As we Malaysian, we speak in a lot of uh, languages. We mix and we talk in a lot of languages. As you know, we have like English, Malay, Tamil, and she kind of did the code switching thingy, which is like, if I'm not, mistaken, and you guys can check it out in her IG account, uh, aka Mainstream Minachi. And uh, personally, Poitra, I moved by your recent uh, Merdeka post, I think hashtag Lawan, the audio and virtual based poem. It was amazing and thank you so much for doing that firstly. No, thank you. Thank you for listening. I was honestly, when I first posted that, I was like actually afraid. I was like, oh shit, <laughs> this time you're actually going to get arrested. <laughs> like, no, it's and... fine. I feel like, yeah, yeah continue, continue. <laughs> no, no. Like I was genuinely afraid, but I was like, I I did want to go to the Lawan protest protest in mm-hmm. KL, but yeah. um, because I have vulnerable people living living yeah. at my house, I I yes. didn't feel like it was safe to go. But like you know, yeah. I saw some of my friends going out and mm-hmm. protesting. It was so inspiring to see all of that, and I was yeah, just like, look, definitely. I can't do a lot, but I have. Mm-hmm. A space and a platform. Let me use my space and a platform to do something. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I am actually like uh, really proud of you, young person myself as a Malaysian Indian, and it literally made me, you know, like uh, it literally moved me. And I also actually had shared it with some of my friends and family, and they liked it too. So yeah. Wow. <laughs> and I Thank have to say that it is definitely a very sense. As you say, it's a little bit of risky putting in such content out there. But so much respect for you. None of us are going to do it, and who is going to do it, right? Yeah, yeah. Although, like, yeah, I, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I was just gonna say, I feel for the people who sometimes feel like they can't speak up because you got a lot of Mm-mm. activists and all that who are making noise, who are actually calling out uh, the systems of power that are unfair. Especially to the marginalized people, and they yes. they get you know punished for it, and they're doing mm-hmm. nothing but speaking up and telling the truth. Yeah. And the fact that I was I mean, empathy, it's it's sad to see, and so I empathize with. Really sucks. Like, correct, and I say that like I have to an extent quite a bit of privilege, that I'm yep. you know I have this platform, so I can do something about it. And you know, yeah. although I worry about getting arrested, I'm lucky enough to have not been. <laughs> like, yeah, but, I, but, I, I, yeah, we, yeah, applaud your bravery for that, and and it's like, yeah, it is such a you know a great thing to do, and, and I know definitely being a yourself, you you're definitely going to receive, you know, you might receive a little bit of you know hate here and there. The majority <laughs> of the, <laughs> you know, like people, <laughs> but you know, we just we let's not talk about negativity. And yes, uh, so can we just you know dive, you know, the session you are, ready? yeah, okay, sure, so sure, go ahead. 
Yeah. So before you know starting off, I just want to say to end the viewers that we have like a three session. Uh, basically, we have a three session, and each uh, has like five questions. Our first session will be the burning session where I'm going to ask uh, you know pretty intense stuff, which is related to our topic. You being a brown woman poet in Malaysia, and uh, the next the second session about your journey and tells, uh, and the final one is I call it the cool and chill session where we are going to lay back and just going to have yeah that, that's oh, basically reaction yeah. <laughs> uh, for the episode and yes. I'll just dive into the burning session. Are you ready? It's gonna be intense. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's go. I'm ready. <laughs> okay. So uh, the first question: Who is the first poet to spark your one? Holy shit! In your first question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's a really great question. I I wish I could point you to to one, but okay. to be honest, I. Mm-mm. Quite, quite a lot of them, because mm. yeah, because like for the longest time, I mean, like when I was in SPM and whatnot, I was doing uh, literature as like an SPM component, and and that transition. So I've been like writing and reading and consuming poetry yeah. for so long that I I <laughs> can't point to you the specific influences. It's kind okay. of like a, a, an amalgamation of different things that I just saw, yeah. and I'm just like, oh, that's really cool, and that's really cool, and yeah. that's really cool, and then they all just become this this thing, yeah. <laughs> this project. Can, can, can I like just can I just ask you that uh, was it always in you? Was it the spark in you when you know like when you are you know like taking the literature class in your high school, and then like suddenly you are like. Yeah, maybe this is what I want to do. Like you know, like I want to be a poet. Was it like that, or was it just in the process? You just wanted to. Oh be no! A poet? I I I to be completely honest, mm-hmm. it happened absolutely by accident. <laughs> like, <laughs> like. Okay. Interesting. Um, I yeah, I think when I was in school, I was primarily like an essay writer, and then okay. there was one ever time where my teacher was like, "Hey, we're gonna have a poetry recital competition." Mm. And I wrote a poem because, uh, and a lot of spoken word poets would know this. Like, if you first start out, like, where do you consume all your poetry? Button poetry. So, <laughs> um, unfortunately, that slam got cancelled, and I okay. never got to perform. And I just oh, like, wow. I, that's I un- like, unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, it's okay, though. And you are an amazing artist now, so you know, lost to <laughs> cost. No, it's okay. I, no, it's okay. I got a good grade out of it, so that's fine. Mm. But yeah, it was. Yeah, I yeah yeah. Unfortunately, I can't point to one. It's kind of just like a little like you know you you bite little bits and then yeah, finally yeah. you realize you and finish the you whole get cake. The yeah yeah. You get a little. Yeah. Yeah. You just put it out and. <laughs> so, Correct. Okay. So then, how being a Tamil female poet impacts you as most of your poem are very rooted to your as a Malaysian in yourself. Ooh, okay. Okay. So when I first started doing poetry, I actually used to not think that poetry could properly encapsulate everything that I wanted to talk about in relation to my culture and my roots. Mm. Okay. And that's not a problem with poetry itself. That's just like, or even a problem with like generally the spaces or whatnot. It was kind of just like there's so much. talk about you know because when i first yeah. started i was 
there's okay. so much to talk about that I don't even know where to begin. And frankly, I don't think I even was like I had the kind that I would have to speak about it at the time. So mm. yeah, when I was first writing poetry, I started writing about my mental health and like you know that that went its own way. And then for a while, it just yeah. kind of didn't serve me as much anymore. So I took a break mm. for a while from writing. I didn't perform for a very long time. And then I came back and I was like, look. The, this is something the, the you fact, had to do right yeah cuz the fact is like i grew up kind of i uh, putting my culture on the back burner for a while cuz mm. you know so you do things to sometimes have to get ahead and i'm not proud of that yeah but totally i can understand you, know, you. Re- i i have been yeah. in that place <laughs> correct so like you know rediscovering my culture and learning my roots and wanting to embrace the fact like i i speak tamil these that sometimes you it's very <laughs> difficult to understand it you know uh, i i try of you but you know like i feel like people are is that you know as a indian we can only comment on our you know people it's like i would say that you know even though people who mill and who can't really you know who are not you know uh, fortunate enough to speak the language growing up but even though when they try you know and when they you know kannada bash from this people and oh, yeah. blame... <laughs> you, can, can you Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Can you experience? <laughs> Do you, you have no idea the number of times I've been called seater like exactly. you have no idea but at the same time I don't I don't blame Indian people for that. True. I think that it's a product of frankly it's a product of of you know generalized institutional racism. Yeah. such that we don't celebrate brown people enough. So mm. the way the brown people get ahead is to assimilate and when they do that they have to unfortunately erase like certain parts of of themselves and that includes culture and that true, includes true. like proficiency I in agree. English and all that. And and a lot of the times the most privileged classes of people can access those things. And so I understand where this protectiveness comes from. It's it comes from Honestly, I wouldn't even say it's bred from from our community. It's bred from much yep. larger systems of Definitely. of needing to protect culture. Yeah. Yep. And needing I, to kind of like express, "Hey, there is a place for you here. Why are you why are you discarding everything that makes you you?" You know? Yeah. And I and I feel like sometimes, you know, like this, this has happened to me personally. I feel like, you know, we trying to fit in into the system i feel like we have to de attach our culture to be accepted by the majority if that makes sense i i agree like <laughs> i think i've just i i just come to a point where i'm just like i am interested in acceptance as much anymore yeah. that is yeah. such a i think you know, my my most primary goal at the, at this moment in time is creating safe places for brown people to yeah. carry out and express themselves in ways that they feel free and mobilize yeah. through that you know yeah that's so, it that's yeah. it so uh, the next question is yeah of course <laughs> the question is how does poetry in today can be fitted on the digital virtual is as a digital content yourself in malaysia specifically oof okay 
You know what? It's very interesting that you point it out because for the longest time, I didn't think of myself as a digital content creator. Mm, <laughs> and okay. <laughs> I remember uh, there was a student, I think, who interviewed me for like a dissertation to try and uh, talk about this thing, Instagram poetry and how it's become okay. sort of. Yeah. I think that was like about a couple of years ago, and I was like. Wait, hold on. I didn't know that I was like a content creator per se, or even yeah, on Instagram. Yeah, you, you, you didn't know what time. you. Yeah, you didn't know yeah. that what you did was a thing. You know, like people, you know, yeah, yeah. are doing it. <laughs> I didn't know you could put a name to it because for the longest time yeah. I just thought of myself yeah. as poet slash writer. Yeah, <laughs> and that's it. And like you know, sometimes performer. Like that—that's what I thought of myself as, and then people were just like, "No, this is like it's its own thing. Like yeah, what you're beyond. doing is it's, it's beyond." <laughs> Correct, and I was like, "But that's the thing. I never wrote my poems to be mm-hmm. such that they were made for a digital space. I think I always wrote my poems such that they should be performed. But sometimes I think like you know, like I—I I, poetry is what I do, and social media is yeah. kind of yeah." You know my my you know a, a, almost a snippet of my life. Yeah, definitely. And poetry is like I think yeah, in a I, lot of ways is a it's a way that I can process snippets of my life the the best way I can. Yeah. So I just put it out there, yeah. and it turns out that people liked it. And so yeah, of course just I loved going. it. <laughs> I loved it, and <laughs> and I you. feel and I feel like as you mentioned, you know, like poetry is your you know your main thing, and you know, uh, social media is something that is a little how can I say like half of your life. Because you know, like, because as obviously we are like, you know, I can relate to you because we, you know, like, basic younger generation, like, you know, you are in your twenties, early twenties, and I'm also in my early twenties, and you oh, know, yeah. like, we are stuck between, like, you know, like, we have a social life, and at the same time, we had to use the platform to that defines ourselves. Oh yeah, yeah, I get that. I think personally. Feel that that's what you did, and that's an amazing thing. And I feel like it would definitely be an inspiration to a lot of people out there. And I feel like that is what we supposed to actually like utilize our social media. If I mean, like, if we want to be recognized, I mean, if we want our work to be recognized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see yeah. that. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I just always thought of. I I didn't expect my space to kind of grow like this because I think mm-hmm. that my space has always just been like. This is a small kind of window into my my life and what it's like to be, yeah. you know, pops. What it's like to be me, but yeah, it's not, you know, it's not everything. I for sure, but it's it's kind of like imagine looking through stained glass. You can kind of just see it, mm. but also like it's filtered and all yeah. that. And so there's the yeah. And so like I said, poetry is like some some people take pictures. I write poetry because yeah. it just. It, it's my it's my my way of capturing what is sort of happening with me, and it's the yeah. easiest way that I have to process. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So po- poetry is essentially, yeah. It's it's, yeah. it's me, but in uh, a in a snippet. Yeah. Actually, I have a personal question that I want to ask you. Actually, like you know, when I kind of you know followed you and you know followed your work and everything, I realized something. And when I actually sh- uh, shared you know your page with my sister, and then she actually like you know told me a fact that I was like you know like it kind of you know like how to say like just you know like 
uh, how to say like you know came to my mind and I was like okay I'm, I have to ask this to her so you know you are I mean like I would say a very talented poet and you know you are doing a lot of things actually like uh, you know uh, I guess you are you know doing of you know the shots uh, of your own and everything and I guess you also do a little bit of drawing if I'm not mistaken and mm-hmm. you and yeah you, you do a lot of things and I just want to ask you but you know are you because you I see your number of following you know it is like quite less I just want to ask you like you have been uh, are you not out there enough or do you you know you choose to be you know like I'm going to be this uh, private person and I'm just going to let in a small amount of people or you know you have never bothered about the following like you know can you tell me a little bit about that Okay uh actually it's kind of yes to almost all of them because I think <laughs> my I think my space started off as like a place to just kind of just be with you know my friend my mm yeah followers and then yeah it grew yeah. over time because I guess some people were seeing the work that I was doing and they yeah. like great but I have never kind of I mean you know having followers is great because that means people especially as an artist because that means people are interested in seeing what you have to put out mm-hmm. there but I I don't know I don't think it's ever been my my primary like concern per se in the sense that I I feel like my my work is made sometimes for like a kind of a very specific audience so mm. I'm just like you know what if you like it you are welcome to come see what else i have going on but if yeah. you don't that's okay you can just scroll past go ahead yeah. but yeah, yeah it's i've always kind of just you know i i leave the door open such that whoever wants to come in and like Mm-mm. hang out and, and and see what's up great yep 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 yeah so yeah that 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 was actually interesting and i think that i was actually personally i was like really i was curious you know like you know you for me uh, being a creator and have done a lot in your field but you know i just feel like you know you could have put in you said you know you are more of a private person so i get that and as you say poetry is not always all, every, everybody's cup of tea so yeah oh yeah and my kind and of poetry is definitely everybody's <laughs> cup of tea so but now you have a fan you know like i am in like not only my friend circle and you know after this the audience who are listening to this you know they are literally going to like you know follow you and oh, no. people are going to be excited of you trust me because guys no, her thank work you. is dope like seriously dope <laughs> so yeah. yeah thank you so much <laughs> moving on to the next question uh, what was the obstacles or challenges you faced in passion as a professional claim local woman brown poet oof God, where to start? <laughs> um, there are quite a few barriers. Okay. Some of them might be the, you know, like I, I, I think I mentioned this before. Sometimes mm-hmm. those spaces are not as accessible to brown people. Yes. You know, I I I and sometimes, you know, because I've been like doing this for a while, some shows I, you know, like, you know, I've been doing this for a while, so some shows if you if you're capable of hiring me, sometimes you don't get compensated as well. Mm-hmm. Or True. you don't Yeah, and you know, because they, you know, writing and sometimes even traveling to these shows and whatnot, like that takes out 
like money and time and effort out of me yeah. and then to totally. not be compensated for my work sometimes it's it's a bit of a letdown yes yes um so yeah i think those like one of the few largest barriers is like those like access sometimes and compensation and the fact that sometimes we we just yeah i i struggle to sometimes get in those spaces and yeah but you know i would do something but is it because of the fact that you are you know you makes it more difficult or you being oh yeah for sure for sure i think there's there's a lot to it because and, and i think that a lot of times i think this kind of thing is like more less intentional more negligent per se Because you mean people being ignorant of, the the parties who are responsible are being ignorant yeah sometimes mm. in my opinion like i feel like a lot of like when i first started a lot of poetry shows were held in places where you know more in important but like more privileged communities are located and oftentimes it was like the more damansara areas mm. or bukit kera areas or like mm. you know pl- places of access that are a bit more you know like that yeah and yeah. unfortunately that doesn't tap into like communities where most brown people are mm-hmm. unfortunately yeah and yep. that create in itself creates a barrier Yeah. And it created a barrier for me, definitely. Yeah, I feel like to... it would put you in a very kind of discomfort situation, I guess, because your audience would have probably wanted have kind of you know like a feeling, you know, like have you get that you know oh. feeling wanted? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes I do um, because like there were there, there have been in my time as well a couple of shows where I've done, and I would be the only brown person out of maybe like eight poets there. And wow. you know you feel very self-conscious about that, and like yeah. there were times where I would do shows, and there's just like, you know, do shows, and like I've actually legitimately been asked by a show like, hey, can you make sure that you include Tamil words in your poem? And I was just like, why do you feel like my Tamilness is something that you can commodify off? Yeah. You know, yeah. like that should be my choice. Yeah, like what as the- in. Correct. Like sometimes I feel like, are you trying to ask me to play up my identity? Mm-mm. You know, it's so, so that I can be they, I feel a little like bit they, larger than life. Yeah. Made. I feel like they think that they have the right and the power to like when to make you your brownness and when to you know like tone up your brownness if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of the times it's because the fact is is because there's just not enough. Like sometimes the space. And I'm just yeah. like, or even brown women poets in this space. And I'm just like, yeah. if you know, if there were more, this you wouldn't have to ask me. Yeah, yeah. Because if Agreed. if there Agreed. were more, you would see us all do different kinds of work yep, and appreciate yep. them for what it is. I agree. So yeah, yeah. Those are like a lot of times my biggest struggles. Mm. Oh my God, I could just feel you. So uh, the final. Uh, question for the burning session is: Does the woman brown representation in the literature feel enough, specifically in the poetry part, focusing on the Tamil community? Oof. Okay. <laughs> I know this. Do is you the mean last in Malaysia? <laughs> yeah. Do you I mean, mean in Malaysia? Uh, yeah. Globally. Maybe we can. I mean, 
maybe we can talk uh, you know about Malaysia in specific but you you general you know like uh, about you know the whole poet like you know I don't know. <laughs> oh yeah okay okay um I think I, 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 as I just like mentioned in my previous question, sometimes representation, a lot of the times in shows, it's it's a bit of a, you know, it's a hit or miss sometimes. Mm. So, I think, huh, okay, where do I start? I think in Malaysia specifically, at least for me, when I was coming up as a poet, yeah. um, the biggest poet at my time was this uh, beautiful, amazing, like, brown Tamil poet and her name okay. was Melissa Rani and okay, well, I was I, like yeah an artist right if I'm not mistaken yeah Melissa Rani and uh, she has this book called Indianity but before that like mm. when I was when I was starting on doing poetry she space called the Gaslight oh. Cafe and it was a really really cool space cool, and cool. she was like one of the few like at the time Mm. Like definitely brown, openly Tamil, like women poet yep, out there, yep, yep. and just really talking about yeah. race and politics yeah. and, and an love icon. and joy. Correct, and she and she was amazing. But the I look to these spaces and I sometimes see like almost similar struggles to what I even to some extent have now. That I look at these spaces and there's just not enough of me. Yeah, and so sometimes yeah. I feel like I have to talk about everything. But how do you do that if your, you know, if your set is only like ten minutes or fifteen minutes? Because there's so many things we can talk yeah. about: racism, sexism, what it's like to to love, what it's like to to be joyful, what it's like to, yeah. you know, exist mm-hmm. in a marginalized community. So there's so yeah. many things, and mm. yeah, I think that at least for the Malaysian scene. It leaves sometimes a lot to be desired, and and I think we could just do just a little bit better, you know. Yeah, you you uh you feel like we need more representation in the Tamil. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I feel like why why the uh the you know Tamil community is lacking the representation in the poetry field. Why are they like you know not? Uh, as much as you know, they can be. But why are there less people out there? Like, what what do you think is the factors? And you know, like, what do you think about it? Your opinion, your take. Oh yeah, like like as I mentioned earlier as well. I think the or the barriers that exist might, to some extent, might even be more than mine. But um, the ones that, yeah. like I said, I'm more fam- I'm most familiar with is accessibility. Yeah. That is yep. problem because the fact that the matter is. Where poetry like circles, places where open mics are hosted sometimes are not always in the most accessible places, especially towards marginalized communities. Yeah, but not have like okay, you know, as a show, what do we do? Uh, as a curated space, what do we do such that we are able to almost curate that kind of um, of representation, right? So there, yeah. there are many things, and also like you know, how do we adequately compensate people, especially from marginalized communities? So there's incentive to access art, and how yeah. do we make sure that our audiences are diverse? Mm. Like things like that. It's it's so many 
things but you know making like proper first steps would be great mm. um yeah actually yeah i have a personal question again that i want to ask you like you know when uh when you you know you told that you know that we are actually lacking you know representation uh you know in the uh, community you know being tam like less people are out in the poetry but you know i just want to ask you this you know like you uh being in the uh what can i say like in the capital of the country you know you are based uh from kl you know like you even though you are a kl person where you guys have more opportunity you guys still face a lot of you know like problems yourself as being tamil and being in you know kl and all of that but how do you feel do you feel like you know like guys uh, are going through such thing how do you see that how you know even people from small towns for example and maybe kulim for an mm-hmm. example like how mm-hmm. how does this people are going to like you know come up if they want to do something in poetry because i feel like This is some kind of question that I feel like nobody can answer because even when the people are in the capital where opportunities are plenty due back being in the small town uh you know thinking and even if you guys are struggling there like I mean like what is the solution though I I wow honestly can I just say you would be a brilliant journalist to <laughs> <laughs> compliment like thank you so much like, because that's a very poignant question and unfortunately I may have some answers but I don't have all the answers. Mm-mm. Because I can only speak to what it's like to be a brown poet with all of these like limitations to access. Unfortunately, yep. I don't organize as many community spaces. In fact, my community space mm-hmm. that I just organized, yep, it's yep. super new. Yeah, yeah. It's like the Code Brown Collective. I literally just launched like a couple of days ago. Yeah, I saw I, like, I actually saw your you did a with Nisha, I think. I think everybody I think the listeners would know I think Vanessa's name actually like we have to give her a shout out. Oh, Vanessa Krish. Oh my god. I I love her. Do you want to tell a little bit about her? I think because she really did a fantastic job that day. Yeah, yeah, because I was getting like like blessed. Okay, first of all, Vanessa Krish is somebody who I believe everybody needs to go and check out her work because she mm-hmm. really speaks truth to power yep, through her yep, art. Yep. And she's like a brilliant uh photographer videographer almost content creator like like beautiful stuff and i absolutely love her work and i've been a fan of her forever yeah <laughs> and so um she actually one of the things that she did was that uh when i released that lawan poem she was just like oh my god this is so cool and i was like oh my god thank you thank you for yeah <laughs> i i feel like you and guys so, I said I'm sorry sorry continue continue please continue. No, I was just going to say and so we we started talking over DMs and like you know we we had a lot of I suppose you know things to talk about and, and yeah, she's yeah. she's really, um and so when I started because of the day that I launched uh what happened was that Instagram was down for the entire day. Mm, yeah. And yeah. it and I was so frustrated because it happened just as I was going to launch and I was like yeah. no I've been planning <laughs> this for like a week I think and I was, like I was getting actually, a bit, you know tell us about the coat brown uh a uh, space you know so they have started it like you know like people know that you know they can come and, oh yeah like, yeah sure it. um but yeah to to answer your initial question about like um what like what are the solutions to this yep 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 it uh, a couple of things that you can do like i think all the, like i i i will never 
Hmm. How do I say this? I think that making your voice heard is extremely important. Mm. And I think that people who are, who are who are who have access to those privileges to create communities for us mm. should be should be kind of doing those things because I think that the moment that you create community spaces, the moment that you create things like this, like you know, you're more likely to have you know to like some to some extent responsible representation and not yeah. the kind of representation that's tokenistic where you have to tell people oh you have to be more indian this time and less indian mm. this time and you know yep, yep. making sure that these safe spaces exist so people can go and access uh, access and express themselves freely and i know that is much harder to do in in places like kulim like trust me because like i have uh, some family down in kulim i have, i used to have family in ipoh as well like you know as hard as it is in kl sometimes I know it's harder in those communities because I yeah. like you know <laughs> like like I said I have family in Kulim and I go down there I yeah. actually once like in a whim was just like hey I wonder if there's shows in Kulim that I can do <laughs> and there aren't any yeah, because they just don't to, exist yeah to add to add on that I'm sorry but you know like I was actually like I my parents like I actually want to like you know like people who are from Ipo or you know like as small town places cities like it's like even though I feel like we have some sort of you know I would call it in my way you know the fancy um how to say the fancy passions if that makes sense you know because I, uh-huh if you come from a small town like the especially being a brown the indian community they'll be like they want us to you know the younger generation to have a more realistic passions if that makes sense you know i Ooh, uh, yeah, i think the, yeah i think the fancy uh, passions i would say is like poetry and all of that sort you know and they are definitely correct they can't support in a way because you know they think that what how and i think you have actually beautifully said it and i think you know we need to like create more space no town communities and right, as well right. and yeah i feel like you can you know utilize it you being your authentic yourself and yeah you know like can actually help out these people as well so yeah 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 because the the whole idea is to kind of create community to create access and to create you know above that also incentive yeah. like you are more likely to get people to access spaces like that If yeah. you do if you are responsible in curating spaces like that you know yeah. but again i can only speak to it as as a as a poet and yeah, yeah. but and and not a curator because i, I like i said i'm yes. completely new to this yep yep totally so, so yeah i think yeah that was the burning session it's pretty intense and you know but it was a lot of informative info you know like i really a lot of it thanks Pavitra for that but now no i think we can jump into the second session which is i think a little more, uh, i think less intense and more focused on your uh, you know your path your career your work i call it the journey and process session so i'll you know the first question is how did you became a poet at the same time you know pursued law you know how did you juggle that <laughs> um <laughs> Would you believe it if I told you if I had not pursued law I might not actually perform poetry? 
Okay. <laughs> and that's kind of okay. I have two reasons for that. Um, because my first ever slam, uh, which is I think uh, I I kind of mentioned it as well. Like the first ever slam that I did was the Kiel Poetry Slam. I think in mm. 2015. Okay. And I was in my A levels at the time. Uh, mm. Kind of. Uh, Yeah, I was in my A levels at uni, and I was gonna like pursue law. Like that was kind of just a thing that I was gonna do. And one of my lecturers, because I took uh, literature as a subject in A levels as well, my lecturer、mm. was just like, "Hey, there's this poetry slam. We're taking people to join." And she was like, "Okay, we're going to take some people to join."、Mm. Originally, I was not supposed to join. In fact,、okay. I was not one of the few people who was like who was selected, but. Um, eventually, one of the people who was supposed to join dropped out, so I was like, "Hey, can I fill in?"、Mm. And so I went, and I won the slam. Wow! <laughs> and and、um, <laughs> and yeah, and that's and then my life just kind of, you know, got like in poetry especially got propelled from there. Like after that, I was kind of、um, a few people called me over to go and do the Gaslight Cafe back then.、Mm. Called、uh, there was a show called If Walls Could Talk. And、it was、mm. a poetry open mic, and so I went there, and I performed, and then there were a couple other places, and then, yeah, and then slowly after that, I kind of just I was a bit too deep into my studies, and I and I backed off from poetry for a while, mostly because I I had nothing else new really to write, yeah, and、yes. so I took a break because I I felt like the things that I was writing at the time weren't true true in my soul,、yeah. if that makes、yeah. sense anymore,、yeah. and I was just like. Yeah, and I was just like, yeah, I need to. I think I need to go and find my voice,、yeah. you know. And、oh, so I did,、God. and I took a break, and I came back a few months later, and I was still doing law. And I, I will say this:、uh, the second reason as well is that I think, and I think this is true, especially if you do any kind of studies. To be honest, because you could research on things like this,、yeah. but studying. Like reading law kind of gave me,、um, to some extent, access to knowledge that 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 I have now to kind of talk about、um, things happening in my community,、mm. at least in、uh, sort of intimately on the politics and the legal issues and and whatnot. Like I'm able to recognize the the issues a bit more.、Um, Like a little easier,、yeah. I guess. Yeah. And I, so it's it's kind、sense. of helped me out to to talk about those things. Yes. So yeah. That that was you know like beautiful. And yeah. So、uh, the next question is, how much of an inner circle your family and friends specifically had on your work specifically? Yeah. Points. No、oh、God, every, every, every all <laughs> of them do because. <laughs> Like I、yeah. said,、uh, and I mentioned this earlier, like poetry is like you know some people take pictures, some people paint. I write、mm. poems, so、mm. poems are kind of like a way for me to kind of take a snapshot of my life, and that、yeah. sometimes includes people in my life. So yeah, friends,、Definitely. family, I've written poems for my mother. I've written、yeah. poems、wow. for my sister.、Yeah. I've written poems for lovers. Like you know, it's just. It's、yeah. it's kind of just a part of me, and that means people who are part、yeah. of me sometimes intersect I, into poetry as well. Is it well, a living poet? I mean, a poem. <laughs> if that makes sense. 
Honestly, very metaphoric, extremely melodramatic. I, I don't know. That would be a very interesting way to put it. That yeah. would be like one of those like romanticize your life slogans. <laughs> so th- yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah, because I feel when I checked your in your Instagram, obviously I I feel like in you, I personally feel like I got the sense that you have this aura. You know, even though like I've never met you, you know, obviously in life. Ah. Uh, But you know, seeing your profile, seeing your pictures, it's like and your work. I feel like you have this art energy within you. If that makes sense, you know, like an aura. And <laughs> I mean, like it may sound dramatic, but I feel like that—that that is the truth. That is the glance that I get about you Thank when I saw you, you and your Thank work. Thank you so much. So, and Thank again, so guys, go but... and follow Mainstream Energy. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Thank you so much. Ironically, you're not the first person to say that. Actually, like some, like I think I've had a few people who like, uh, but granted, they're also like seen people as well, and they were just yeah. like, oh yeah, yeah, you belong here. Yes. <laughs> like <laughs> you're definitely one of us. <laughs> love to you know like uh, see your work in person you know maybe after mco or something if you're doing a live show oh my god i would definitely buy the tickets and guys you guys everybody should support uh, and yeah do check out her work again you guys will Thank not you. you know it would be and how can i say it would be a treat to your eyes and <laughs> thank you thank so, you so the next question is how or what did inspired you to create the Code switching in Tahsa Roja based poems. So yeah, it's kind of your thing, right? Like, how did you came up with it? And okay, what inspired I you? will say this: I'm actually not the first person to come up with code switching poetry, and okay. I didn't even know that it was an actual thing okay. <laughs> when I when I first started doing yeah. it because I didn't create it. I think there were other poets in the scene who were doing it well. Same goes to me. It. I have no idea about it, and I was like so you know like intrigued, especially when I. I uh, heard your lawan and your goddess where with my friends and my family like you know everybody was shocked but it was such an art you know like it was such an art form and do continue well, thanks thanks okay um well okay i will say this i i as, as i just mentioned like i'm definitely not the creator of code switching there were mm-hmm. poets who were doing it before me i just don't think they were doing it kind of the way i did mm-hmm. um i could be very wrong Because no 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 I don't think so you will be wrong <laughs> continue <laughs> but like yeah because primarily uh, if you if you know people like Jack Malik who's an amazing poet uh, if mm. I'm not mistaken he's also from Ipoh um, yep, yep. he has been doing code switching in his poetry where he switches between English to Basa and it's mm. really cool but I think when I came on and started doing code switching in my poems I did mm. this thing where I was doing like. You know, Tamil and English, and I switched back to, yeah. and and things like that. And that's just because that's just the way I speak. It's yeah. not like anything <laughs> that was inspired by. It's just that's the way I speak. And so, yeah. so why it's you like know, an authenticness that came within yourself. Correct. And so, if it was to me, it was just like okay, if if this is just how I speak, right? And if poems are are essentially like as like I said, a snippet of of what I am. Shouldn't it include yeah. kind of the way I speak? So Basa yeah. Roja and Definitely. like sometimes, you know, including Tamil words, including yeah. I uh, think being being a Malaysian Indian, I think the Basa Roja is like identity. It's though. so like, common. At this we point all of time. do this. <laughs> yeah, correct. We all do this. So 
Yeah, I don't think it's like I, there was any particular inspiration. I kind of just like, oh, okay, this is just how I speak. So I'm just gonna write poems the way that I speak, and people are like, oh, okay, that by the way, that's code switching. I was like, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's I didn't know cool. that. So yeah, that's so basically, so it you did it, and then you never knew that it was a thing. I didn't until uh, oh, another wow. fellow poet yeah, actually pointed it out to me, and they were like, "Oh, wow!" We, because they actually, I think, if, if I'm not mistaken, very shortly after that, they curated a show mm. uh, that specifically featured code switch poets to kind mm-hmm. of like you know tell people like this is what it is, and I was yeah. like, "Oh, well, I didn't know that that was." What I was yeah. Doing. I so, just, so it, can I? Can I like? Is it you know safe to say that this was always your thing? Like you know, you were meant to be. A- Do you believe that after that happened, like, did you felt, you know, any sort of way, like, okay, this is I, in that, is I, and I'm one of them. Like, did you felt? Do you had a feeling like that? Actually, yes and no. <laughs> okay, okay. No, not really. Okay, because okay. I will say this. Um, frankly, I truly believe that. in like you know your life is kind of sometimes like a butterfly effect of things so if i didn't yeah. find poetry i frankly think that i would have just pursued a different kind of art yeah. um and just practiced and and gotten good at that and just express myself that way yeah. and yeah. happened that when i found poetry the circumstances were just right you know because i think about yeah. that and what I, i was like you know what if that poet that was supposed to go for that slam Actually, didn't drop out and ended up going. I would have never gone there. Or like, what if I went to the slam and I lost there, and mm. I decided, you know, that's not for me. Or what if, you know, a, a plethora of things. What if my lecturer even never found that the slam existed and decided, hey, we're not, you know, a, a whole bunch of things that could have happened. And I just happened in at least for me, been at the right place, sort of at the right time. And I was able to to do what I do and grow from that, because yeah. I was able to yeah. like at least transition into these different spaces and different shows. And I was like, oh, okay, this doesn't work for me. This works for me, and just yes. sort of grew from that. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. yeah. So this the next question. Uh, uh, question number four is something I think. I think it's very important for us to talk about, and uh, even though this is not the intense part of it, but I really want to address this, and it is even hard for me to even like ask you this, but I just I'll just dive in. How was mm-hmm. health and emotions when you created the hashtag Lawan poem, which you released last month on your IG account during the Merdeka? But before that, I say, you know, before you answering to that, like. Again, like hats off to you for that. And Amidia Ponge is, I think, after this, when my grandmother, you know, even says those words, like I just gonna be because I have, a, you know, I speak to, her and I feel like that's gonna in my mind. Like you know, this phrase mm-hmm. is literally like stuck in my mind. And not only mine, I shared it with my one of my best friend and my mom and my sister, my dad. Everybody was like, you know, like sheltered, and it's like you know. A range of emotions was like you know like you know just I I don't I don't even know how to put that in words man like uh, I I just want you oh, to explain wow. more about it like but well I, well, I hope everyone's okay <laughs> yeah everybody's okay but you know we were just so moved by your work but yeah okay. um wow okay that's a very loaded question 
But um, I think specifically with the Lawan movement and the state of our country and the state of politics now, for the past, I would say almost a, a few months now, I think everything kind of just boiled over to the surface in this past, you know, two, maybe three months now. But, you know, if anything, I would say that a lot of these problems existed. It just came to head now because yeah, we are yeah. looking at it, we're seeing it and mm-hmm. people are speaking up and that's great. But at the same time, you know, we've been in lockdown for almost two years now. Mm. And we see so many communities that are people are losing their jobs uh, and, you know, trigger warning people, people are, you know, dying people are are losing loved ones people are losing themselves um and you know the the suicide rates are climbing the domestic yeah, yeah. violence lines are, are are going off the charts it's scary scary times and i would and you know i'm really fortunate such that you know um i'm safe and my family members are yeah. safe yeah but even I know that in you know in my own personal circles, I know people who have lost loved ones, and yeah. that's so it's like you know it's it's sometimes fatiguing because you get up and you're just like oh what's gonna go wrong today, and yeah. do I have to worry about my family or you know what what's gonna happen to me and all that and so I think these past few months it's just been anxiety and stress and just general like fatigue because mm-hmm. you know you, you see all of this happening and you're just like you feel helpless because frankly we just don't have the power to go and do something about it yeah yeah and, and i sit here and i'm just like man this sucks <laughs> you know <laughs> waking, waking up and feeling yeah. this way and and I know even for me it's not as bad that some people have it honestly worse than I do but yeah. but yeah it's, it's just, hard yeah I just to add on that I actually had a thought that I actually want to you know like tell to you about it and I just want to you know get your opinion on it like you know as I mentioned right. in the previous uh, question one of the questions when I told you that you know like how already struggling in the capital and then you know from, for small town people uh, especially you know opportunities and dreaming to make big at the capital and you know like Mm -hmm. they don't even know that you know there's so much of things going on to the people who are in the capital and who are brown so I mean that is like a downfall a negative thing for I mean like the small town people but the small town brown people but uh, logic if you see that even if you guys have the opportunity like some opportunities being brown and being in the capital but I've you guys mm-hmm. are exposed to the danger compared to this one brown city. Yeah. That makes sense. Oh, um, being in the capital. Wouldn't say more. I would okay. just say the struggles are different, right? Mm. Because I okay. think that, like, for people, especially like in Slango and maybe even KL area where the cases are so high, we're mm. dealing with you know how do we make sure that people in our population don't get you know, as easily infected. Because I think that KL um, and Slango maybe have been like in lockdown, in my opinion, sort of like the longest because yeah. we've, we've had to like deal with sudden surges of like per, like in our entire state, suddenly there's 6,000 cases and it keeps yeah. on climbing and all of that. And, and yeah. it's been like that for a while. And I wouldn't say those struggles are, are, 
are any less or any more than smaller town communities i would just say that they're mm. different because there's a uh, you know number of people per capita how much access do they have to things like ppes are their hospitals better equipped or less equipped so it's just the face of the pandemic in different states is is different yeah and yeah. i mean obviously a politician but i think that the 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 fact that like you know we've been in darurat sometimes it has been a bit of an issue for local communities to kind of access you know actual proper help actual actual resources to be able to help create like you know better ppvs or better covid centers or even accessible covid centers and things like yep. that like you know when you hear stories of hospital beds running out and things like yes. that it's a lot oh it's a God. lot So it's yep. it's yeah it is and it's really scary to have to deal yeah, with too much like to that. take in right yeah yeah so i was i will say this and like even for a while now like i would even say that the big one of the bigger issues for ipo at least for a while was getting access to the vaccine because yep, the yep, vaccine yep. programs were the like i think the loudest <laughs> vaccine programs were like in kl slago and to some extent penang and, yep, and yep, a little bit agree. in johor as well but yes. it was like it even started coming to ipo until recently no, yeah, so i yeah. wouldn't say that it's more or less it's just the struggles in smaller communities are are just different and mm. you sometimes you can't have a one size fits all solution yeah you know yeah and uh yeah that that's so the final question uh this session is how supportive was the tamil community around you when you were achieving a lots of heights in the po- Oh wow. Yeah, okay, I will say this. But the Tamil community in which I had access to <laughs> amazing people. Bless them. <laughs> like they, if anything they push me forward. Like my friends yeah. who are also like fellow Tamil poets push me forward and say like you know what Pavi you do you. Yeah. <laughs> you speak up. <laughs> and I was like thank you. Okay, if I enter jail can you please tell some thanks. <laughs> like inform my mom at least. <laughs> You know, I I've, I've been really blessed that I have like such a supportive community surrounding me and saying and you know pushing yeah. me ahead and telling me, you know yeah. what? Pushing your limits. Speak yeah, speak your truth. And we will make sure you will you have the support you need and I've been extremely lucky to have that. So yeah, like I yeah. bless like honestly bless the Tamil community. I think I've seen a more like I've seen the Tamil community come together in Malaysia. And it's so unfortunate like I said it's so bittersweet that 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 this is a thing but I've seen the Tamil community come together and support the community more than I ever have in this particular pandemic yeah oh in a I long time. yeah I have to agree on yeah definitely I feel like a lot of like I think uh, brown people I feel like brown uh, people the upper hand you know the the high class community i would say you know they come forward to help you know the lower class people mm-hmm. the middle class people you know and that was really 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 a moving and an inspiring thing to do so yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and not just that like ngos and things like that i've seen a lot of people step out and do great work yeah. and you know artists aside like i i have seen more community support coming together like it, of course support, accessing that support can be a bit difficult Yeah, I've seen yep. I've seen community support come together like never before and it's a beautiful thing sometimes to see it. Mm. So yeah. Yeah. So I think that's all for the second session and yeah, now we have came finally which is you can you know lay back chill and uh, session oh, wow. name is yeah. Session no worries. So the session <laughs> name is cool chill session. 
and yeah we'll just dive into the first amazing interesting question <laughs> so it is uh, what do you do in your free time oh what do i do uh good question i like i think i mentioned this before i have many hobbies <laughs> Okay. Like, almost too many hobbies in the sense that you know, as soon as I get bored, I kind of just pick up something else. Mm. You know, so sometimes I I draw, I paint, uh, I journal. I you recently started bre- baking bread. Mm. <laughs> I yeah, doing things like that, and I and I crochet. Um, I have a dog, so like I take him on walks because he gets very restless if he doesn't <laughs> walk. Um, yeah. Yeah, honestly, he's been he's been like the biggest baby during this pandemic because I think he yeah. realized, oh shit, everybody's in the house now. I can bother them full time. Yeah, I think having so, having a pet dog is the cutest thing, you know. Like, I mean, pet in general, yeah. it's just the cutest thing ever. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think like like I I just kind of pick up whatever's there. Um, mm. I read a lot these days as well. Mm. Like like because I've actually like. Are you the at the time typical reader yep. or do you you know I mean the traditional reader or you're the modern you're the audio <laughs> audio version you know like there's audio books and all of that you like prefer like oh. reading like okay, the traditional okay, I way. prefer okay okay I prefer okay for studies I do audio reading like I abuse the fuck out of audio audio <laughs> reading in my studies cool, cool. because honestly it's a lot faster to get through a textbook Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely like, couldn't agree more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because it's much easier to like track and read at the same time, and like you know, as it's going on in your ear, you're just like, oh shit, okay, suddenly I finished like in a day, fifty pages. <laughs> no, like even more than that, like because you can go through it pretty quickly. But if I was like sitting down and reading for leisure, I'm I'm like a you know paperback kind of girl. Like I I sit down and I carry my thing with me, and I yeah. Yeah, that's that's that's. So yeah, I mean yeah. So the second question is: Have you ever been in modeling? As your IG looks like you are one. <laughs> I have seen yeah. a lot, of, you know, good and all of that. Please tell me, are you like freelance? What's what's up with the modeling thingy? Oh wow. Okay. Um. I don't know. Kind of yes and no. Okay. Um, I think I. Yeah, because I don't. I don't really. Like particularly model for brands or anything per se. I kind of just like it's usually um I work with this, like the the I think the the uh, photographer that I worked the most with was this uh, amazing talent as well. Her name is uh, Hema and she goes by the Creative Tangaji. Oh, like Creative Tangaji. I'm following her. Yeah, yeah. Account. Yeah, she's yeah, really cool. She's Brilliant, and we we were friends, and so uh, I think one of my first ever shoots that I did was with her. So it, it's kind of like one of those like couple of things where she was just like, "Hey, I have this concept. Do you want in?" And I I you know absolutely loved her concept because like I think the first thing that I shot with her was something to do with you know what it's like to deal with um, mental health issues, and so I did it with her. And it was so cool because she she like took individual stories and she shot shot like portrait shots of others mm. and whatnot. And then I did a couple of other projects with her as well because frankly like she's a brilliant visionary. Yeah, she's I'm very talented. Really, she comes out with these small small skits and it's like really cool actually. Extremely <laughs> extremely talented. And so I went there and I did a couple of other shoots because all the concepts were just so cool to me and. And she was nice enough to ask, yeah, so I was yeah. just like, "Yes, please, I'm absolutely honored." 
So mm. I don't think I consider myself as like a proper like sort of model full time. Like I yep. I'm still partial as to like you know brand endorsements and things mm. like that. Yeah. Because I I do get a bit like con- self conscious about things like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that a lot of times at least if I if I you know if I if I use my body or my face the model for something it's usually for for a friend or like for a cause yeah. or something like that but i have to uh, tell that you know like your modeling uh, i would say you know especially the reason should i saw Uh, is the you know the palam or something uh, you know? Oh, that's that actually an shoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That actually like. I mean, can you tell me a little bit details about that? I was like, actually, it, it it's so nice okay. actually, and yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what it was was that um, again because I I worked with Creative Tangchi for this, and her concept was like, hey, I want to recreate uh, these paintings, Rajaravi Varma paintings, yeah. and I think you would look brilliant. And I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> and I started doing my research, and I was like, "Oh my god, these are so cool! She's gonna make me look like a painting." <laughs> and so I just said, "Oh, okay, like I would love to do that." And so she had me on, and she gave me direction, and she gave me that she handled uh, makeup people, and uh, the makeup person, I think her name was uh, Prashika, who runs mm. like this uh, page called Rude Rani, cool, also cool, really cool. good. I love love brown women in makeup because you know yeah yeah especially I think, brown women in makeup uh, who know how yeah. to match your foundation yeah. I mean I have to step. say this I feel like now our brown girls especially in Malaysia or around the world I guess like are really like into the beauty world and everything I guess and it's like we are kind of dominating and I feel like I kind of you know I feel like so proud of them you know actually yeah cuz yeah. I love that I love that I love that brown people are reclaiming space in the beauty industry especially yeah. because for the yeah. longest time if you were dark skin and you know especially if you were a dark skin brown person yeah. you are Nine times out of ten, you're going to be excluded. Yeah, yeah, and I'm exactly. so happy to see that you know that there's a lot of work still left to do. Yeah, definitely. Changing. Definitely, definitely. And I and I love that. Yeah, and I feel like you people like you should be more part of it, and then you know like we all can you know look up to you guys and learn a lot of stuff. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, well, thank yeah. you, but yeah, I I I if anything, I would I I think it fits better for me to kind of just give more space to people who who really want. To to pursue things yeah. like that. True, 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 true. Yeah. And yes. So the third question is, uh, five bucket is plans that you would want to share or reveal to us on the show. You know, some interesting oh, wow. bucket list. Interesting bucket list. Okay. Yeah. Five. I have a few. Okay. Yeah. Five sure, is sure. a lot. <laughs> but okay. 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 Sure. Um, um, the first thing that I want to do. Um, Is that in my lifetime at some point I do kind of want to write a book. So okay. wow, you want to be an author? That, cool, cool. It, I, like, I don't know. We'll see. Like what yeah. what happens, and if a yeah. book comes out of it, like that would be really cool. Yeah. In, in my lifetime, I feel like poetry is in that. a way is linked to you know like you being an author. I feel like there's a lot of people who have like I guess published local artists. I feel like publish poetry and you know like yeah, in a book yeah. form. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's cool. I really hope you do it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, what else? What else do I want to do? Um, I would love to travel to all seven continents. Mm, wow! <laughs> wow! That's nice. At yeah. least once in my life. Um, yeah. You only live once. Yolo. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
else would I want to do? I would at some point in my t- lifetime also love to like support an animal shelter. Mm, well that that's really a good thing. Yeah, and I think this goes kind of with third one. Uh, I want to open my own local library as well. Because mm, wow, that, uh, that's really interesting though. <laughs> I feel I've never yeah. heard people saying that they want to open a local local library. You know, no, that's, yeah, I, I've, that's a I've huge thought thing. about it for a while because, like, when I was a kid, I used to love going to like uh, the KL Kids National Library, mm. uh, which was in in Masjidjami, and I used to take a train there and go. And it was like it was kind of it was really cool. It was like I remember that you know, and I stopped going for a while, but having those spaces. Like I said, accessible to to like much smaller communities. That would be so cool. Like, you know, we could, I think that in a lot of places we could do with less malls and maybe yeah, more libraries. True. true. So I couldn't yeah. Agree. yeah. Um, what is my fifth? I think my fifth thing on my bucket list is that, um, and this is more like a long term life goal. Mm-hmm. Is that when life? I I want to feel like I lived and with joy. Yeah, you you feel yeah. like you should you wanted to be the person who served the purpose before living. Yeah, and also and not just that that I was happy to do it. You know. Yeah, yeah, full heartedly. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that was really nice. You know, it really touched. I. Not only me, the listeners as well. I hope so. And yeah, and the next question is: uh, Are you a Bollywood fan? Cause I spotted a few pics and you know posters of the Indian Bollywood star Rekha. Like, <laughs> what, what's going on though? Like, I'm a huge fan of her as well. So yeah, like, and I have to say this before you answer this question: You kind of look like her. I'm not even joking. Oh. Like oh, your wow. face, wow. your face cut. You know, like your face cut looks like her. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. I usually think like like at least sometimes I tend to look a bit more like Chandramukhi but okay. Oh my god. Mitra. <laughs> <laughs> but but thank you. Thank you so much. Uh mostly because I I I think I'm more of just a general movie fan. If I just like movies, like not mm. specifically like a Bollywood fan. Like yeah, I just yeah, watch yeah. a bunch of movies, and it just so happened like I I freaking love Rekha because the kind of things that she had to fight in her industry at the yeah, time exactly. to kind of claim her space. Yeah, so yep. cool, and she's you know an icon, just yeah, women sad. like like just yeah, I love that. So yeah, not necessarily like a big Bollywood fan. I'm just a movie like, fan. Movie fan in general. And, okay, okay. Yeah. But have you have you gotten this you know compliment like people say do you look like her have you gotten that? Uh no actually you would be the first so oh, thank you so you much know, because yeah obviously welcome but you know like when I saw your pictures and hers you know because you just posted that like you know like I can compare the both like I don't know you kind of look like her though your face cutting. <laughs> so. No thank you so much. Yeah, because like my main icon, I like if you you know if you follow my page, like the Mr. Minachi, you would actually see my yeah. main icon is Nilambari. Yeah, <laughs> so oh like, yeah, and yes, I will come to that. Uh, the last part, but it's okay. We will just cover it here. Like yeah, like okay, what is the inspiration with the title and the picture? And just <laughs> tell me about it, though. Okay, okay. Um, story is kind of funny. Okay, so. My account got hacked. <laughs> so what happened? Okay. My account okay. got hacked. 
And I was like, oh no. This account? Is this uh, this current yeah, account? Yeah, yeah, that account. Oh, that, okay, that current okay. account, it actually okay. got uh, hacked and and um, I was like, oh no, what do I do? So I just changed my name at the time to like um, Mainstream Minachi because I was like, okay, I'm just going to put it on. It, it, there was a purpose to it that yeah. I kind of I think came after. Mm. Um, and I put Neelam Marie's photo there because I was just like, okay, nobody's going to find me now. But also because... Yeah. Let me tell you, that Padiapa movie <laughs> did Neelambari so dirty. You have no idea. She was an icon. She was a brilliant villain. Feminist, villain. right? She was a feminist I, as well, I would say. Yes, and also no. But yeah, true. I would say I would say this. The writers did so dirty on her. Did yeah, so dirty on her. Correct. Because she was a she was a brilliant villain. And she yeah. is like genius and cunning and purposeful yeah. and all of that but like at some points i was just like lady i know in real life <laughs> yeah. people people women, women in like women you, no but that's you. the thing i i would say this is a writing problem yeah, yeah, women yeah in real life don't sit around 20 years and wait for a man who did them dirty that is not oh a thing God. that happens we and, move i mean like <laughs> i'm rajini khan but then like girl like nilam Like she could, at least at least she could she could have gotten like away with you know like no rajini then get a kamal <laughs> if that makes sense oh yeah yeah like honestly if so, you know what if the writers did a whole lot better on nila free spot she could be happy and thriving <laughs> yeah exactly i mean the last part was really pity though like you know really had to like But then I I I like the last part even though it kind of you know didn't do that justice to her character but then you know like she, mm-hmm. she didn't take in the pitiness that she was getting from you know uh Padayappa and then she killed herself oh, yeah. I mean, it it I mean in a way you know like suicide obviously you know it, yeah, it yeah. like that. I accept that it's a product of its time <laughs> yeah but I feel like she didn't give in the man's uh you know like how how can I say this like pitiness she didn't take that Correct. something that cool, I guess yeah yeah <laughs> I think that at the end of the day she kind of just like you know what if I'm going to go out I'm going out on my principles yeah, yeah. not because I'm mad <laughs> yeah I'm not going to live on your mercy ness <laughs> but yeah so like you know bless her I I yeah thanks yeah. <laughs> and also uh, mainstream minachi was kind of well it's a couple of things but um and i think that some uh, actually other brown women who might actually be listening to this might actually be able to relate to this yeah you know sometimes how in school or in class if you are like talking or whatsoever especially if you're if you are a tamil girl right Mm. You're more likely to be called upon by the teacher and they say they say things like oh minachi ni semua cakap banyak Oh, okay. It's like a racial slur. It's it's not so much a racial slur as oh, they're weaponizing it against brown women. Mm, mm. You know? Get it. And get I'm it, just like it. yeah, cuz cuz it's happened to me before. It is where people, it's something like the tambi, right? You know, like tambi tangachi yeah. is the stupidest thing that I've heard. Like you don't call me that. Like that's not for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I like yeah, like in my community when we say we know what it means but when you do something like that if you're from another community and you call me something like that it's targeted yeah. you know yeah, exactly. it's like 
you I am targeting you because I believe that people of your race are mm. this kind. That yeah. is yeah. So mainstream media was just kind of almost an amalgamation of that in a way because I was just like, oh, like I sometimes think I'm basic Tamil girl, <laughs> but yeah. also, but also yeah, yeah. So mainstream Minachi. So yeah, that's that's amazing. And yes, the final question is, what is your happy space when you know you are chilled and relaxed? Ooh, okay. I am most chill. Actually, at home. Yeah, mm. I'm most chill in my home when sometimes when I have my friends over. I have not been able to do that in a in very a long, time. long time because Couldn't of agree COVID more. and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, same, so because same, my same. yeah, because my home uh, at least is like really close to my uni. So like my friends yeah. used to like at least come over and hang out at my house like a lot of the times. So, like we would have breaks and they would come and eat at my house and then go back for class mm. and things like That's that. That's nice. That's so, nice. Yeah, so like you, you know, my house has been at least for a really long time like a like the central sort of chill. Yeah. Place. And I've, I've always <laughs> Yeah, and I've always kind of kind that's my happy place, you know, being with my friends, with my family, being in my yeah. own space and just, you know, talking. Yeah. Just yeah. unwinding. And it's my I happy feel place. Like, I feel like when I go through your Instagram page, I kind of saw a pic of you, I think your family or something. So I are you a big family person? Um yeah, I would say that. I would say that like my family is really important to me. They're really important mm. to to my growth and and my success yeah. as well. Yeah. That yeah. you know, they've kind of for better or worse, they've kind of it's kind of brought me to where I am today and you know, the lessons that I've learned over time. So yeah, totally. yeah. I I love my family. Yeah. That's that's so sweet. And- Yeah. So I think that's that's about it. Like you know, we have came to the you know like the whole end of the episode. And thank you so much oh, wow. for the time. <laughs> and you know, but before you know, like we you know like wrapping up, I just wanna you know like ask you a final one question. Is oh, that uh, what? Yeah. What would be your advice to the young brown women poets out there, especially in our country? Oof. Okay. My advice What's up, would be to, you know what? <laughs> I would just say, speak your truth. Yes. At every opportunity that you're given, get truth, and you know, find community in your other brown sisters as well. Because yes. we are, at the end of the day, we are a community. We come together to support each other, and yeah. we are here to kind of help lift each other up. Because I know that sometimes. Because the spaces are so limited, it can feel like we're kind of competing against each other, and it doesn't yeah. have to be the case. Yeah. We can subvert the narrative. We can come together. We can, we can lift community, each other. and we can correct, and we can access the spaces to tell our truth. Yeah, and I promise you, people will stand behind you. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, like that's a wrap up. But you know, like before ending it, like I just want to say, uh, Pavitra, thank you so, so, so much for coming on the show and agreeing to do this for me. Like it really, really means a lot. And <laughs> this is going to be, uh, personally, I'm just going to say this that this is the next step for my career in the podcast. I would say as a solo creator because. 
I think you are the first a professional uh, brown person who have came to the show, and this means oh, a lot wow. to me. And thanks a ton for your time and in your busy, hectic schedule, you know, taking your time. And no, I have actually, ex- I think I've exceeded five minutes <laughs> of the time no, you've given me. <laughs> But, no, you know, please carry <laughs> carry on. <laughs> Thank you so much, and uh, uh, the, the listeners who are listening to it, like, please, please, please. Do support our brown uh, artists. Uh, no matter you know they could be a poet or a singer or whatever sort of thing they do, but please support them because like we are lacking you know representation in our community in general. So when a when how can I say this like when a how you know like when a person comes forward a brown person like do support them, and yeah just as how I said you know we can lift one another and. I think that's about it. Thank you so much, Pavitra, for joining again. Thank you. Yeah, like you know, like I really had a good time, and I hope you had a good time too. I did. Thank you so much for having me on. You were brilliant, by the way. Like <laughs> Thank said, you so much. It a lot, lot of the questions were just like, hmm. great, <laughs> great. I love it. And you gave me, you know, a very small time to come up with uh, this. I mean, in your hectic schedule, and I guess I did justice to that. And I really hope you, you like <laughs> and I really hope you enjoyed the conversation and I would really you know like maybe in future we can you know like bring in other speakers and we can you know do it again and again <laughs> Oh and yeah if, yeah for sure want to you know like conf- uh, do a confession here that I would love to be a part of your code uh, you know the the thing that you're coming with what is that code code Oh yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. I think yeah. I'm just gonna. Can I just plug it real quick? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure, sure, um, sure. So yeah, there's this uh, community of artists and creatives that I'm starting, and it's sort of kind of like a share sort of space where we just sit and and we we sit with each other and we just talk about topics. It's fortnightly. We're gonna do it on Thursdays. I think our first meet is in a couple of weeks. We're still you know a bit fuzzy on on dates and whatnot. But yeah, so it's a Discord space. You can come on. We'll talk about topics, and it's made for creatives and artists. So please come. We have an Instagram page. It's called the Code Brown Collective, and you can, you know, find out about all the application process and whatnot there. So yeah, yeah, Code Brown Collective, come see yeah. us. <laughs> and definitely, I think I will check it out and do a good as the listeners. And you know, guys, please go and follow uh, Pavitra's main uh, Instagram. Which is main team, and Pavitra, what can the you know people come and get to see you? I uh, mean, there, like, what do you do there actually? Uh, yeah. Apart so the, apart from the nine, nine times out of ten, you'll probably see me. Um, uh, there will be a lot of poetry. I post okay. a bunch of stuff. I talk about movies, books. Okay. Uh, what else? What else do I do? You'll see my face, I guess. Yeah, I. <laughs> But yeah, story of the chair. The I I love that movie, and I have to like see it. I I don't know if it's a show. The one is streaming in Netflix. It's a show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I I have to watch it, and yeah, that's that's about it. Like, thank you so much for you know like thank being you. here and everything. And I think yeah, I think that's that's about it. Like, and uh, thank you, Pavitra, for joining. And guys, thank you so much for listening to this. And I. Back to you with you guys uh, in another episode with hopefully another brown person, you know, who is somebody who can do something for the community and can impact you guys in a way. So that's all from me. Signing off, Gotham, and again, like shout out to Pavitra and her.
you know all her work and yeah see you guys in another episode in hashtag Gotham Chill Talk so bye guys and have a great weekend